Whether you have a general interest in health and wellness, or you are already a medical professional, we're here to provide you with tools and resources to make informed decisions about your health. This is House Call, part of Hackensack Meridian Health's podcast. Here, our expert providers will share with you wellness tips, information, and general health advice. Thank you for listening. The other day, I read a statistic that honestly startled me. One in five adults, or roughly 46 million people above the age of 18 in the United States, live with a mental illness, as reported by the National Institute of Mental Health. I took a step back and realized, wow, this is more common than I imagined. To better understand the prevalence of mental health and show that no one is alone, I've brought in former Congressman Patrick J. Kennedy and Don Parker, president of Hackensack Meridian Health Carrier Clinic. Thank you for joining me today. It's great to be with you. It's a pleasure. Mr. Parker, would you mind defining for our listeners what mental and behavioral health is? So uh, my, my good friend, Patrick Kennedy, uh, says that in order to find out what mental health is, you have to do a checkup from the neck up, and, uh, so, which is a very catchy phrase. Uh, but he, he, he talks about being able to integrate the, the mind and the body, and that you generally are, uh, think about behavioral health issues and mental health issues as being your brain. But it's actually the biochemistry of your body that creates activity in your brain and vice versa. Uh, so the mind-body uh, is a very important uh, paradigm to use to get a, a frame of reference of what mental health issues are. The mental health issues are typically uh, manifest themselves in be aberrant behavior, uh, either how you think in the case of schizophrenia or uh, delusions or any other kinds of things that may happen to you as a result of behavioral health issue and or depression where you can, in a manic depression case, go from somebody who's completely labile to somebody who's speeding around and can't stop. Uh, so there's all different kinds of issues between the two. Our job is to figure out if there are health issues that are causing that and then if there are not, just to focus on the brain. Mr. Kennedy, can you tell me about how your life has been impacted by mental and behavioral health? Well, thank you. Uh, yes, I am a person living in long-term recovery. That means I haven't had to drink or drug since uh, February 22, 2011. Um, most of my life, I battled the diseases of both addiction and depression and anxiety. And... Um, you know, not only did I self-medicate, but that became uh, a compulsion, uh, the disease of addiction. And uh, it, it is a progressive illness, which obviously means that uh, initially it wasn't as much of a problem as it ultimately became. And uh, at the end of my time in the United States Congress, I couldn't uh, function uh, really effectively. And I decided I couldn't stay in Congress because uh, these diseases prevented me from doing what I really wanted to do, which was to, to be a congressman. And um, so I uh, gave up uh, running for re-election, and I was fortunate enough to meet a Jersey girl along the way, and uh, we dated. I got sober. We got married. And... Uh, Today, I advocate on behalf of my fellows, other people who are suffering from addiction and mental illness. Um, while I was in Congress, I happened to um, sponsor the principal mental health and addiction legislation, the one that became law 
in 2008, and that's called the Mental Health Parity and Addiction Equity Act. And it's a law that basically says that insurance companies can't discriminate uh, against uh, people with mental illnesses and addictions by not paying for the treatment of mental illness and addiction. And I've spent my last 10 years or so since leaving Congress uh, advocating for the enforcement of the parity law as well as for a broader agenda uh, for mental health and addiction. So we finally address this public health crisis that, as you point out, affects so many of our fellow Americans. I have to say I was doing research online in regards to your act in 2008, and I think it's beautiful that you are pushing insurance companies to cover mental illness as equally as they would any other illness such as diabetes or cancer. So that's great. And I also just wanted to say congratulations on your journey and thank you for being so open because you're impacting so many people by just being so transparent. Well, I'm I'm only here because uh, part of 12-step recovery. I had the good fortune, being a member of Congress, of getting the best uh, psychiatric treatment. I went to the best rehabs, um, you name it. I had the best inpatient and outpatient treatment. But at the end of the day, for me at least, it didn't solve my addiction. Uh, it wasn't until I uh, really went to 12-step recovery, dedicated myself uh, to that process, um, in addition to getting treatment for my depression, um, that I ended up being able to put together, as they say in recovery, some real time um, living in sobriety. Now, how have you seen the conversation around mental and behavioral health change over the past several years? Tragically, it came at the expense of uh, too many lives. We, we lose conservatively 120,000 lives due to suicide and overdoses in any given year, twice what we lost during the HIV AIDS crisis, which by the way, we ended up spending $24 billion a year to address. Whereas for this crisis, we're spending uh, less than $6 billion. One uh, fourth of what we spent on the HIV AIDS crisis, even though we're losing twice as many people as were lost during the HIV AIDS crisis. So it really argues for the fact that yes, our attitudes are finally changing, people are opening up, they're talking more, but that hasn't translated yet in, into action. Well, it's uh, interesting. My favorite therapist uh, is named Jimmy Buffett, and uh, he has a song, Changes in Attitudes changes in latitudes. Now, I've reversed it a little bit, so I've taken some poetic license. Uh, but the changes in attitudes, uh, the opioid uh, epidemic has caused havoc across our country. You know, we, we lost close to 3,000 people in New Jersey last year and over 60,000 people across the country uh, in the last year. That, that cataclysmic uh, uh, epidemic has created awareness, especially since that epidemic goes over all socioeconomic levels of untold proportion. And as a result of that, we find that people who normally would not have talked about behavioral health issues talk about them now. And so when I go to an audience and I ask, how many of you have had a mental health issue? I get really true responses. I've never gotten that in my career. And I ask that question all the time. 
And uh, so I, it, there is a silver lining's too gracious uh, to say about this this phenomenon. But the epidemic of ep, of opioid addiction and the deaths that have re, re, resulted from that have created awareness and a willingness to talk about behavioral health issues. That's it. That's the attitudinal change. I definitely think there used to be a stigma that if you had a mental health, people would you know maybe view you differently or call you quote unquote crazy. And I think it's truly a beautiful thing that people are more accepting of it. And, um, you know, people are willing to help you get help. Yeah. Jimmy's song also says the very end that it says, if we couldn't laugh, we would all go insane. And so, you know, I, I think that we're also coming up with really special new treatments uh, for people. So when you have a mental health issue, people are willing to talk about it because they know there's more solutions. No, was actually, that's a perfect transition. I was going to say, in terms of public policy, what still needs to happen? Well, it's always about the money. If they say it's about anything else, they're lying. If you don't put money in the system, you're never going to get to improve quality. I want both access and affordability, but I want quality, too. It doesn't help me just to go to a treatment provider that's not giving me the treatment that will optimally help me recover and so we need to be much better at almost creating like an Angie's list and we need to align people's diagnoses with the right treatment provider who is trained to address that particular diagnosis. The beautiful thing is uh, Bob Garrett and I were talking this morning, Bob's our CEO at Hackensack Meridian, and Bob has gotten a, a, a significant number of phone calls from other health systems that are interested in doing the behavioral health urgent care. And I think that us demonstrating the fact that, one, you, it can be done. Two, it can be done reasonably cost. Three, the insurance companies are going to be interested in it and, and therefore reimburse it. Four, it's good for patients uh, because they don't have to go to an emergency room and go through the agony of wait the agony of being sometimes passed over because something more important and life-threatening has come in in advance of them. And, and then ultimately, the emergency room decides, are you a danger to yourself or others? That's their task. And so they're really not going to provide you with a lot of treatment. And so in, in the past, when you were done that emergency room visit, you went out into the community. Today, you go to an urgent care center. We're not sending you out of there until we've diagnosed and we've got a care plan for you including medication if it's required, and, and then other services as needed and referrals. That's incredible. I just want to say thank you on behalf of being a resident of New Jersey for really impacting the state that I live in and helping so many people. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I've had this idea. I actually wrote a grant application seven years ago to the federal government. They didn't fund it. I, I've been pounding the pavement to find somebody to fund it. And you know what? It took me about two minutes talking to Bob Garrett uh, and, and my colleagues here at Hackensack Meridian, they've got, they've got tremendous innovation and, and actually have the capability of putting innovation into action. You can be innovative, but unless you know how to put it into action, it's not innovation. We have it here at Hackensack Meridian, and, and Bob leads that and lives that. Thank you for your perseverance, Mr. Parker. So, thank you. Thank you for uh, being interested in this. Of course. Thank you so much, Mr. Kennedy, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you shedding a light on this. Thank you so much. Mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being, which all play an integral part in affecting how we think, feel, act, and ultimately live. If you are feeling uneasy and just not your complete self, 
Rest assured that you're not alone and there is help. The material provided through this Health You podcast is intended to be used as general information only and should not replace the advice of your physician. Always consult your physician for individual care.